Let's go to the book of Proverbs. This, what I'm doing this morning is because he just ended his renewing of your mind, or I forget the exact name of it, but um, the, the series on the thinking and the, our mindset. He just ended that, and he hasn't begun a new series. And I've been walking through Proverbs on Wednesday night, so I just thought we would pretend that it's Wednesday here on Sunday morning. So I'm a little out of order in this material, but the lesson I chose this morning is on communication. So just to catch you up to speed, book of Proverbs, the theme is wisdom, and we're applying that to grace-based decisions. As we live our lives, we want God's grace to empower us. We want to make choices and decisions that affect every day with lots of wisdom. And there's different themes that run through the book of Proverbs. And what you're going to see today is instead of just looking at one passage of scripture, we're going to trace a theme of communication. We're going to trace this theme of communication throughout the book of Proverbs. And what I love about the Proverbs is how richly practical they are. You can learn about family life. You can learn about finances. We actually spent some time on finances this past Wednesday. You can learn about uh, really just about everything you need for a successful life in the book of Proverbs. So today, we talk about communication. Let's look at this first passage, uh, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. And this will get us kicked off this morning. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Really interesting ancient phrases and idioms here that we wouldn't really use a lot today. So let's take a minute and kind of talk about these two verses as we dive in. But first, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we have this opportunity this morning to study the Bible together. I pray that you'd help us to just have our minds engaged, help us to be attentive. And I pray that your word would be transforming our behaviors. Lord, please bless this, this lesson in Jesus' name. Amen. So back up, let's look at this again. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Well, what is, and then we, I guess we could read 21 again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Just jumping in here, what is this teaching us about communication? What, like, what, is this, what does this have to do with communication? See, I'm making you like get us started today. We're not going to wait. We're going to jump right in. So I'm going to read it one more time. I've got a couple of hands up, but I want more. I want more engagement. So we're going to slow it down. I'm going to read it one more time. Let's read it. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So much here. What do we learn about communication here? Yeah, we can start at verse 20 and maybe work our way through a little bit. All right, but your hand wasn't up first. I had two eager volunteers before you, but that's good. Now I've got more volunteers. Let's go to Frank first. Okay, that's absolutely there. What else? Mr. Thompson has something. Yep. Maybe they'll get you out of trouble. 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah. My thoughts on this is like essentially what you're putting in is what's going to come out. What you're putting in, what you're consuming, can come out of your mouth. That's true. Yep. Yeah. I go with that. What else do we see here? Yes. There's something incomprehensible about sonic or visual vibrations. God spake and created the world, and what we speak and how we speak affects things in ways that we can't comprehend, but they're more, more they're tough and great. Yeah, absolutely. Can you bring us back, Steve? I think you accidentally moved the. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So I want to look though at that. So what what's what Bill just said is there's something incomprehensible about those sonic vibrations that we think of as speech or communication. And I think if you look at the passage again, I think that is, the, that is really the, the key here. Look what it says. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. But what does it mean for the belly to be satisfied? What does that mean? Yeah. You're full. All right, is it just literally speaking about like eating food? No, it's poetic. It's like an idiom. This, what does the satisfied belly have to, what is it telling us about? Yeah, like your life is full. You have what you need. You're, you, you have prospered. A man's belly shall be satisfied. So what he's saying here is, quite literally, that how you communicate specifically how you speak, will affect the, the satisfaction and fulfillment, really, of your whole life. That, that the words you speak... Now, we do need to be a little bit careful with this, because there are whole... There are people um, ex extrapolate entire doctrines around this. Like, if, how many remember, it was kind of rose to popularity in the 80s, the name it and claim it movement. How many of you, uh, you know, you're familiar with that? Well, if you want something, you just go out there and you speak it, and it's there. And that's also kind of popular now in more mystical, modern, uh, this whole idea of manifestation. How many of you have seen that? This idea of manifestation? What is that basically saying? Like, if you... Yeah, right. So you just you just say, I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to manifest this. Now, there's a bit of superstition surrounding some of that stuff, which is not healthy. However, why do you think people why do you think people uh, people are proponents of that? Because there is some truth to it. Because it's a law of the universe that is that is given to us in the book of Proverbs, that the way you communicate, the way you use your speech is going to affect your life and the quality of your life. So for instance, death and the next verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So think about this. People literally speak things in their life into existence, both for good and for bad. They do. Now, I'm not speaking like in a mystical or superstitious way, but just in the laws of humanity, the law, it's, it's biblical. In what ways do people speak their, their lives into existence? Not metaphysically, but the quality of their lives. In what way do people speak the quality of their life? Somebody? 
Oh, Mike, yes. Okay, so all right, so, so th that 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 could get us going. So what? So how do people speak? I just want to just help me with this. How do people speak sometimes the quality of their life into existence? Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys. In the workplace, if you're encouraging and trying to help people, you're more likely to get promoted, or if you're negative and just have a bad attitude, you're more likely to be gotten rid of. That's a great point. I think positivity and negativity are two of the biggest things. If you are a negative person, like, just, just be on guard. So I know there are things in the world we can be negative about. However, you speak negativity, negativity, negativity. Like, tr believe me, I'm, I'm trying to be biblical. I'm, I feel like I'm sounding like Joel Osteen or somebody this morning, right? Like, so just put this in context of the, my broader teaching ministry, right? Okay. But there is some truth to what, what happens is a lot of these popular quasi-Christian speakers who talk about prosperity and stuff, the reason they're so attractive is because what they say always has some, almost always has some truth to it. They're just taking it to an unhealthy extreme. But the fact is, if you are speaking, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. If you speak death to your finances and you just keep saying, boy, I'm always going to be in debt. I guess I can never do this. I'll never be. And you and your wife and your, you and your husband are talking and your conversations about, are always about how poor you are. I can pretty much mark it down what the rest of your economic condition is going to be until you change the way you speak. Because the speaking, like Adam said, is just showing what's in our minds. But if you speak faith and you speak positivity that says, this is my situation now, but you know what? I am blessed. I am gifted. I have this ability. I live in America. I have a, a wonderful support system. If you speak your blessings, you are going to experience blessing. You following me? You know what I'm saying? All right? That's my Joyce Meyer spiel for the, for the morning. Speak it. <laughs> Again, it's here. Yes, sir. Science is actually, from what I've heard, science is actually tested food before people asked them whether it was less than food and stuff like that, and they found it was more favorable after they prayed and asked the word blessing than before. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting because I had a conversation with my one of my siblings way back, and we were like, where do we get this idea of blessing the food, you know, praying for the food? But it's actually in several places in the Bible we are told to, to give thanks for the food. And um, uh, Jesus mo modeled it. He gave thanks in front of everyone. And then the Apostle Paul says that the food is sanctified by prayer. So we give, we, so yeah, so there's something, I, I don't know exactly, I've not studied it like, Bill is saying, but that's it's pretty interesting. But what you what how you speak is going to affect, and your communication has an impact. 
We don't know it. And Bill made the comment at the beginning that how did God create the world? With what? With speech. And God, God spoke the world into existence. So there's power in speaking, and that's built into the universe, how you speak. So if you can change your speech, you can change your thinking. So, um, death and life are in the power of the tongue, not just for us, but for others. We have the power to speak, you have the power to speak death to your marriage, or you have the power to speak life to your marriage. You have the power to speak death, like uh, Steve was saying, you can speak death to your coworkers, not literally, but in that, so you can speak death, or you can speak life. And those who speak life see the quality of their life improve. So, learn to fight the negativity. And I'll just say this. I have discovered, I have discovered that there is a, there are regional and cultural leanings, right? So if you go to certain, and, it's, and, and if you even go to certain cultures in certain countries, like I had a friend that was a missionary for a while in Eastern Europe, and it was a very, very negative place. The country had been ruled by communism. There's distrust. He's like, you could just see how it affected the people. There was just this negativity built into the, into the culture. I've noticed that in different regions as well, that sometimes even in, here in our culture, there can be negativity. So anyway, so let's go on to the, into the notes now. If you want to go ahead and turn your handout open, open it up and take a look. Look at, biblically, from the book of Proverbs, I want to give you three lessons Three lessons for better communication. But before I do that, before I do that, let me ask you this. What are some of the biggest problems that you and I have with communication? I think the first one we already discussed, which is negativity. We think that's a huge problem. But what are other major communi communication problems we face? Kathy? A lack of communication. What we have here is a failure to communicate. What else? is a big problem in communication. I think some people over-communication. Over-communication. Yes, that is 100% correct. Yes. Listening. Listening. A failure to listen. What is another problem with communication? How about this one? Assumptions. Assumptions. Because of the over-communication or the lack of communication and the failure to communicate, Somebody behaves a certain way, and we assume what they are communicating. Yeah. Eavesdropping. <laughs> yes. Eavesdropping. That can get you into a lot of trouble, because you miss the whole context. You just get a piece, and then you extrapolate. Yeah. These are... And then gossip. Right. I think those are kind of two, and two sides of the same coin there. These are communication breakdowns, communication failures and they destroy relationships and they they can uh, they can affect any time you have people together you are going to have communication problems it's just going to happen always mark it down in a marriage in a church in a business in a school anywhere there's people together there's going to be communication problems and so we as christians have to decide are we going to communicate with grace will we communicate with grace so Number one, what does the book of Proverbs tell us? Learn to listen. Learn to listen. 
Learn to listen. And I've got three, three principles about listening. So, first of all, let's look at the Scriptures. Proverbs 18, 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. It's like when you play a game with kids, you know, like the quiz games, question and answer, and you don't have the answer out of your mouth yet, but the kid wants to win that piece of candy, so the hand goes up, you stop asking the question, and they're like, of, uh, he that answereth, don't answer before you've heard it all. How many of you, you struggle with that? You just jump right in with a solution before you've listened to the whole thing. They were like hands like on a, on a trigger there, right? You're like, oh, but if I had just waited like 15, no, if I'd waited five more seconds, I would not have said that. Sometimes, right? Answering too quickly. Learn to listen. Now, Proverbs 15 and verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Learn to listen. So, let's get this. First of all, listen to understand. Listen to understand. What's the opposite of learning, of listening to understand? Well, actually, I think this next verse helps us, Proverbs 18, 2. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. That, could you give me that next one? I don't know if you got it in there. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Listen to understand. What's the opposite of listening to understand? Justif justifying? Okay, justification. Yeah. Listening. I think that's good. Listening so that I can respond. Listening so that I can speak. It's kind of like watching a cable news debate. You know, how many of you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the person has barely finished what they're saying, and the other person is jumping back in to shut them down. So we, we do that. We have to be careful, especially when there's conflict in play, in, at play. Listening to understand. Proverbs 10, 11 through 14. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. I'm going to just claim this one, listening to understand. When I was young, I, I, I had a lot to say about a lot of things. A lot to say about a lot of things. And it took some years for me to, like, to, now I look back and I'm like, man, I spoke about things that I thought I understood, but I really didn't understand. I just didn't understand them. I had, like, pre-rehearsed statements. Anybody know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I had, huh? Well, it's not that, well, maybe, you can wait for an argument. No, but when that discussion came up, it's like, I knew what I thought about this. But I'd never really listened to the opposing viewpoints. And the, that had to do with political issues, it had to do with church issues, it had to do with a lot of things that, you know, you can receive shallow answers and think that you know, 
But if you really stop and say, do I really understand? Let me give you this. If you find yourself in an argument, this helped me a lot. If you disagree with someone about any issue, ask this question. Could you explain their position equally as good or even better than they can? Do you know what I mean by that? Let's just take the, let's take something, let's just take something super non-controversial, right? Like the border crisis, okay? Just looking for something very non-controversial. I speak sarcastically, obviously. So let's say you are in favor, let's say you are in favor of closed borders, but you encounter someone that is in favor of very open borders. Now, I am not saying that you have to validate the other person's position. But my question is, could you espouse, if you were over here, and you're trying to persuade a person over here, have you listened carefully enough so that you could say, so if I understand you correctly, what you believe is A, B, C, D, E, and you believe that because of your values X, Y, and Z. Am I hearing you correctly? And they would be able to say, yeah, that's exactly what I believe. All right, well now that I understand that, let me answer. That helped me a lot. Because then what happens is, one of two things happens. Either you modify your position, or because of new information, or you have a better ability to persuade someone because you understand them. Part of that is just love. Like, do we desire to win arguments or do we desire to help people find the right position? You having a hard time with that one, Bill? That was my joke. It was a joke. I was joking. <laughs> Not controversial. Yeah, but, but I think that's the whole point. So do you think that your neighbor who has that position, this is my point of understanding. Do I believe that my neighbor, who's a very kind-hearted person, but believes things very different than me, do I believe that they have an intent to destroy the country? I don't believe that. I think there's something else motivating them. And so I'm going to try to understand. So maybe I do believe, maybe I agree with you that this, this will be destructive. But that's not where they're coming from. I will have no ability to persuade them if I put a false label on them. That's kind of my whole point, is that if I am going to persuade someone, I have to be willing to listen and understand even with people I disagree with. Then you're going to have the most power to persuade. Yes, sir. Only if they have the same listening values as you, because they may just because you again we can this is so based on the individual. Some people don't want to listen to you at all. So, for instance. I was at the downtown celebration. We, I was, we spent time at our, at our booth at our church. And then I went over, and I was just kind of seeing who was there. And there was somebody there that was like an ultra-progressive, basically 
it was like the socialist party guy, right? The guy who was there to get me to vote for people. And I'm like, I really want to talk to this guy. And so we just started talking. And I basically told him, I completely disagree with everything that you're, that you're doing. But we talked about it. We listened. It was actually a really good conversation. So anyhow, enough about that. The, the point is, are we willing to listen to understand people, or are we going to be combative? All right, the Bible does say, listen, don't answer something if you don't completely understand it. Secondly, listen to empathize. Listen to empathize. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Now this is in our, in our especially in our interpersonal relationships. The question is, am I listening because I care about the person? All right, let's move away from our non-controversial subject and let's go to our domestic disputes, all right? And let's just, let's just say, let's just say that we have people that are, um, you know, like a, a husband and wife that just can't come to terms with something. Are we listening with a heart of love that says, I am going to be a blessing to this person? I want to encourage. All right, and then the third one here is we should listen preparing to respond. This was what Mike was saying, but to respond appropriately. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Proverbs 18. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, a soft answer turneth away wrath. I had this happen a couple weeks ago. No, a week ago. Somebody got, I didn't do anything wrong, just for the record. I, and I'm not joking, okay? But they got really mad at me. And they sent me a message and it was like terrible. Like I got a terrible message from somebody. It was literally expletive you blankety and like you blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, whoa. And I just responded, I have no ill will towards you. If you need anything, let me know. <laughs> That's all I did. That's all I said. And they were, And then the whole thing changed after that. The whole thing completely changed. And that's, it's biblical. A soft answer turns away wrath. It's pretty hard to keep being angry with somebody that's just like, I'm sorry, you know, sorry you feel that way, you know. Or if, you, if you're not going to say sorry because you didn't do anything wrong, you can say, listen, I don't have a problem with you, you know. I wish you all the best. Very hard for somebody to keep pouring on the anger. When that's, uh, um, when that's going on. Um, a soft answer, it turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Kill them with kindness. Verse number next, two. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Okay. We're running out of time. I have two. What's that? Respond appropriately. Respond appropriately. Okay.
Number two. Now, I just, I should have gave you this at the beginning. Like, I have all kinds of communication issues myself, all right? We all do. I communicate poorly all the time. So we all should look at these things with some humility and a little bit of self-deprecation. You know, it's okay to chuckle at this a little bit because we're just human. We're just, you know, I, I've met very few people that, are, that have got this communication thing down. There's going to be mis misunderstandings. We just need a lot of grace with each other. And then, as they said when I was a kid, sometimes you just need to take a chill pill and just, you know, just step back a little bit and be like, yeah, they said a stupid thing. And I do that sometimes too. Or they were unkind, and sometimes I am too. We just all need to ratchet it down a little bit. But you know who doesn't help you do that? Tucker Carlson doesn't help you ratchet it down. All right? And, and uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy? No, 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 no. The, the, the other one, the out there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Dan is not going to help you ratchet it down. Rachel Maddow is not going to help you ratchet it down. Oh, now I got some reactions there. You're like, yeah, no way, all right? And um, who's the radio guy? Who's the radio guy? Oh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones oh, is yeah. not going to help you ratchet it down at all. But you know what? Listening to the words of Christ are going to help you. They're going to help you. Who was When he was reviled, he reviled not again. So, don't get yourself all worked up, all riled up. It's not going to help you. Let the spirit control. All right, number two. Learn to express. So if the first one was kind of like on the negative, now this is a positive. Let's learn to express. Anybody grow up in a situation where you had family members that had a really, really hard time expressing love? You know what I'm talking about? I met, I met somebody, I had a conversation with somebody recently who was telling me about their, their grandparent and that their grandparent had serious issues expressing love to the point that couldn't even really hug people, even in their family. It was really difficult. Now there's, there's a saying, and I think this is really helpful. You've probably heard it before. Hurting people, that's hurting, H-U-R-T, and how many, of you, how many of you can finish that? Hurting people, yeah, hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And the point is, you know, we, some of us um, grew up in more or less loving environments. Some of us, the, and, and this is subjective too because, like, you can have, I, I learned something actually. This is, a, this is a good one. Oh, the next blank, express love. Let me just give you these blanks because I'm kind of winging it here. Express love, express truth, express often. You can read all the scriptures on that. Express love, express truth, express often. And we need to work on this in different ways, and we have proclivities. So, let me give you an example. I grew up, I grew up in a very secure, with a very secure childhood. And by that, I mean I had lots of family, both immediate and extended, that I never doubted that they loved me. I believed that, never doubted that. Very, very secure. I grew up in a uh, believing that I, I, I'm not, just 
this is a healthy way for every child to grow up, but every child doesn't get this. I grew up believing that I was smart, that I was talented, and that I could accomplish whatever I wanted to accomplish. Now, that wasn't necessarily because of me. That was because the people around me built that into me. And they gave me that kind of confidence. Now, at the same time, I grew up in a home with lots of siblings who would banter back and forth all the time and, like, give each other a hard time and, you know, and, and say things that, that were, like, what, what do they call it, uh, you know, busting chops, you know what I'm saying? Like, but what I learned, and it took me a long time to learn this, that when you go from a, from a home where everybody feels very secure and you're just giving each other a hard time, and then you go out into the world where there's all kinds of people that did not have that. When I think I'm just teasing somebody because, because I actually accept them and embrace them, and I feel like I have a secure relationship with them, so I can give them a hard time, I expect it back, I learned that, you know what? It's, 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 it's not that, it's, I learned that that communication just under, it just reinforces the insecurity that they grew up with. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about people being sensitive or insensitive or whatever. It's that we all have, we all have something that shaped us and formed us. And we've got we've to be very careful that when we express, that we're expressing carefully, thoughtfully, and we're considering what the other person needs. So the fact is, I read this, I've read this in books, and I really struggle with this a lot. And you, this is in management books, it's in parenting books, that people need praise and criticism in a, I think it's a 10 to 1 ratio. 10 to 1 ratio. I'm like, you know, like, I grew up like, you did what was expected, you got a good job, you did, you got it, you get somebody pat you on the back and say, good job, you know, whatever. But people need, people, have shown people respond better to praise versus criticism in a 10 to 1 ratio. In other words, they need to be built up 10 times as much as they need to be corrected. Interesting, huh? And you can have two reactions to that. You can say, well, I don't know. Like, I think this is just a soft generation. But think about how much scripture talks about expressing love encouraging one another, love and mercy with people, a lot. Now, there's also truth. There's also truth. It's not good to have a friend who only tells you who's never willing to correct you. There's scriptures about that. So, learn to express. Express love. Express truth. Express often. And then finally, the, the last section here, learn to filter kind of goes with what we were just saying. Learn to filter. A few, a few principles, and you could probably add a lot more to these, but I just pulled a few from these Proverbs. Filter out cruelty. Filter out cruelty. That can be learned behavior. There can be a, a, a mean streak that kind of flows through family sometimes. That somebody can be nice, nice, and then there's just... Something happens to set people off, and then there's this, that cutting cruelty that can be there. You know what I'm talking about? 
And you don't always see it. You don't always know where it is, but I've, I've observed it. Cut out, filter out cruelty. Filter out gossip. Can we just put a slash there? Drama. Gossip, like our modern word for that, I think, is drama. Some people just feed on the drama. Filter all that out. And then finally, filter out nonsense. Filter out nonsense. The Bible talks a lot about vain speech. And sometimes, sometimes there's a lot of nonsense and, and, and foolishness that kind of can be a hindrance to meaningful communication. We could talk a little bit more about that, but um, we don't have time. We don't have time. So communication, it's, I think it's something that we should all, I know that it's something that we should always be considering, always be reevaluating, and asking God to help us speak words of life, not words of death. So um, let's close in prayer. God, we thank you for your word, and God, I thank you for how practically it speaks to us. Please help us to use our words, use our communication for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know. And we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.